Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of your Lord. Young woman lost her job. And so she goes to her best friend just to tell her how badly it hurt. Friend says to her, it happens. Family loses a loved one. And there, at the funeral, another, another family comes up to the son and says, cheer up, it'll get better. Middle-aged man still experiences shame. His heart sinks into his stomach whenever he remembers a sin, something stupid that he did decades ago. So he goes to a close friend, a confidant, looking for a word of encouragement, a word of comfort. And a friend says to him, come on, man, forget about it. Let it go. A string of tragic things, life experiences happen to a young person and leave them curled up under the covers in bed, feeling alone, but there's a friend there next to him. They say, come on, just pick yourself up, get on with it, it'll be okay. It's really tragic. It's really really sad, and it's really a bad thing when, when sentiments like that are expressed because they're more than just cold comfort for experiencing pain. Now, whenever people say, just pick yourself up, just carry on, just, just deal with it, get over it, what it does to the individual who is really experiencing real hurt and real pain, it says, your worry... <laughs> It doesn't matter. Your, your fear, it, it's not valid. It, it's fictitious. The despair, the depression, it's imaginary. Whether they mean to or not, that's what sentiments like that express. And it leaves the person feeling alone. It leaves them feeling minimalized and rejected. So is that what God's word is saying? 
Is that what God's word is saying about anxiety, about really hurtful things that happen to people? Don't be anxious, just rejoice. Well, it's easy to see why that might be. But here in Philippians chapter four, what we actually have is a ping pong game on steroids. We have a back and forth, if you will, between God's promises and God's commands. Commands, yes, that might sound like they're telling us to just pick it up, suck it up, buttercup. And promises, promises of God that describe for us in beautiful detail what God has done, is doing, and will do for us. What you have here in Philippians chapter four, are promises and commands. Commands, yes, that tell us what we should do, but promises that describe your present reality. Promises that describe why what Christ has commanded you (laughs) is in fact your present reality because what has Christ done for you? What you have in Philippians chapter four is the antidote to anxiety, the defense to depression and despair, the undoing of uncertainty and the foil to fear. So let's get into it because this is really a special group of verses. Let's start with verses four and five where it says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is is near. If you're mourning a loss, it's personal, whether it's of another person or whether it's just of an opportunity that you thought you would have in the last couple of months, but you don't have because of the the season of life that we're in. If you're dealing with anxiety or depression, because you, you have in the past or because you are because of what's going on with the global pandemic, if you're dealing with guilt, and let's face it, from, from time to time, we all are. These verses can seem insensitive. Rejoice in the Lord. No, rejoice in the Lord always. And on top of that, even if you feel like raging against of all of life, Be tender, be mild, let your gentleness be evident to all. What's God's word saying to you in these verses? Well, let me start out by telling you what someone else is telling you. A language that the devil loves to speak, a language that our world loves to echo, and a language that, well, our flesh loves to hear, is the language of lies. And one of the most pervasive and perhaps one of the most poisonous lies that the devil loves to tell is this, that your joy is based on positive experiences. The joy you experience comes from the good experiences that you have in life. What we like to believe is that when we're having the backyard barbecue and the sun's out and there's good food all around, we have reasons to be happy. We have reasons to be joyful. But when the skies are gray, well, then we have reason to complain. We like to believe that when our friends and our family are all gathered around us, we have plenty of reasons to be thankful, to feel blessed. But when our family 
is thousands of miles away, well, then we ought to feel sad. We like to believe that because and when we get the promotion or we get the guy or the girl or we get the vacation that we so desperately need, then we are able to rejoice. Then we are able to sigh and give thanks for all God is doing. But when we don't get the job, when we get rejected and we don't get the time off, well, then, then we can. We can feel hopeless. We should feel hopeless. That's how we ought to feel. But there's nothing further from the truth. There is nothing more of a lie and more false and more of a sham than that. A Christian ought to and a Christian should rejoice all the time and be filled with the spirit of joy. The Apostle Paul is very serious about this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Always? Yes, rejoice in the Lord always. And because it seems unreasonable, it seems like it is a far, far claim for Christians to rejoice when things are going bad, especially, he doubles down on it. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again, rejoice. And yet what Paul is saying is not unreasonable. What Paul is commanding, what God's word is commanding is not unreasonable. Why? Because it's based in the unshakable promises of the gospel. It's based in the news that the Lord is near. Yeah, this section has commands. It has demands. It tells you to rejoice. It tells you to be gentle. But it tells you why. It tells you why that is what a Christian can and should and ought to be throughout their lives. Look, where is God? That is one of the mysteries in all the world that plenty of people spend time trying to look for and trying to answer. Where is God? And yet that is a question that is answered for the Christian. Where is God? He's here. God is near. God is in his word. He is in baptism. He is in the meal that we are about to enjoy. And there in those meals, in that word, he gives you faith. He gives you faith, which brings you into a oneness with him that cannot be separated. Look, a Christian's joy is not based on changing circumstances, nor is it based on fickle feelings. It's based on the person and the work of Jesus Christ. It's based on the fact that the tomb is empty and Christ is risen on high and he lives there for you, with you, in you. The Lord is near. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says this, The joy of the Lord is our strength. Christian joy has as its foundation Christ and what he did for you. And that cannot be taken away from you. He is the sun that shines even when life seems gray. What that does for you is give you, well, a spiritual buoyancy throughout life. Can I show you? It's nice that we have a portable church. We can move things around a little bit. Being a Christian, <laughs> it means like, you're a lot like a rubber duck. No, it, it doesn't mean that you're never gonna experience things that get you wet or make you uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that you have an invisible shield around you that keeps you from getting wet, that keeps you from getting splashed in the face. 
But being a Christian and having Christ with you, having the Lord near, it means your reason for being joyful is never gone. Yes, in life, you're gonna experience things that put you under. Yes, as you skim across the water of life, you're gonna experience waves that splash you and make you uncomfortable and make you feel as though you are without hope. But here's a question. Can the devil rob you of your joy and your reason for rejoicing? He can take your joy. He tries to take your joy and drown you all of the time. But here's the thing, your reason, your cause, your spiritual buoyancy, it's never gone. It's always there. The Lord is always near you. And here we are. We're back in it. We're in this back and forth, this this spiritual game of ping pong. (laughs) Paul tells us why tells us why we ought to and can live rejoicing always. And then he adds one more. He says, don't be anxious. In fact, don't be anxious about anything. Do you know, at the end of last year, 2019, in North America, one in five people experienced anxiety, severe forms of anxiety and depression. It's 20%. You know what it's been since the global pandemic, the safer at home and the self-isolation? CDC released a study recently that they began conducting already at the beginning of April, and it's one in three. It's one in three people are experiencing severe forms of anxiety and depression. It's one in three for the majority of people, but if you narrow it down to certain age brackets and certain minority demographics, oftentimes it's closer to one out of every two people are dealing with anxiety and depression. How do you think this verse comes across to them? How do you think this verse comes across to many of you? Don't be anxious about anything. You feeling anxious, feeling depressed, just don't be. It can feel as though what the Lord is expressing here in his word is, is maybe, maybe in, insincere, maybe, maybe doesn't consider the full breadth of what the human experience is until you realize what he's giving you here. He's giving you tools. He's giving you gospel resource to deal with the anxiety, to deal with the depression that people do have. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. If you're anxious, pray. Leave it at the Lord's feet. If you're anxious, present petitions. Petitions are a special request, a urgent request. Give it to God. It's the tool. That's the blessing that the Lord gives you. It's prayer. Some of you are still looking at me like, even even that seems shallow. Even that seems like cold comfort while I'm dealing with stress, while I'm dealing with severe anxiety. Just pray. What is prayer? Is it some kind of just magic bullet that shoots and there goes my anxiety, there goes my stress, and now everything in the world is back to how it should be? How does prayer work? Well, catch what Paul's talking about here. Catch his point. What he says is present your prayer and petition with thanksgiving. 
What he's saying is present your prayers, pre- present any requests, any urgent needs that you have with your, to your God with gratitude, with thanksgiving. What he's saying is pray praises to God. What does he say then? Well, because someone who prays praises, someone whose heart and mind is praying praises is not focused on the blessing that they wish they had, hope they have, or hope to get, but it's focused on the blesser. Praying praises takes your focus off of that which you want and even yourself when it focuses you on the God that you have. This past week, uh, a friend of mine who's a pastor also preaching on this text from God's word, got to do an interview with a, with a counselor. And one of the things that they talked about while they, were, while they were doing the interview was certain skills that counselors will recommend for those who are struggling with anxiety and depression. One of the skills are called cognitive coping skills. You maybe heard of cognitive behavior therapy. Well, cognitive coping skills are are something simply that is using your cognition, using your brain, your thoughts to help you cope with or deal with the anxiety that that you're experiencing. One of those skills that counselors and psychologists will, will recommend for people is prayer. It's prayer because while they wouldn't put it this way, what prayer does is it takes the focus off your problem and it focuses your attention on the promise giver. It takes your attention off the situation that you're dealing with and it focuses you on your savior. It takes you off of the blessings that you feel you do or do not have. And it puts your attention on the one who gives blessings, the one who gives every perfect gift. It is the Lord. It is the Lord who Paul goes on to say is this, the Lord who is your God and may the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see what he's saying there is that this is not a conditional. This is not if you don't worry or if you pray and if you say the right prayers, I'll be with you. What he's saying is you can pray. Pray to me because the God of peace, the God of peace, which transcends understandings, which I don't even understand how it works, is the God who is guarding you, who is guarding your hearts and your minds and your souls in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the names that God uses very, very often, almost 260 times in the Old Testament to describe himself is Yahweh Shabaoth. In your English, that's often translated the Lord Almighty, or, or maybe in other translations, the Lord of hosts. What does the Lord of hosts mean? Well, that word host doesn't even begin to capture what God is trying to teach us about himself when he calls us that. Because oftentimes when we hear Lord of hosts, we picture our God being this Martha Stewart-like God who brings us tea and crumpets. That's not what a host means in this situation. What the Lord of hosts means when he calls himself Yahweh Shabaoth, when he calls himself the Lord Almighty, is that your Lord, your God, is the God of heaven's hosts of angel armies. 
Do you hear what I'm telling you? That the God of all peace who stands on your heart guarding you against all things, all your enemies is the God, the commander of chief of angel armies. He is the one who is the lion of Judah. He is your warrior God. And this is the one who is guarding your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus because you are in Christ Jesus. He is not only the God who commands the attention of angel armies, a most powerful force in all the world and all of heaven, heaven and under the world. No, he is the God who is active in this battle for you, who has won this battle for you. And that is the God who stands on your heart. That is the God who is at the gate of your mind. Are you starting to see why you can, (laughs) why you should, and you can truly be in all things rejoicing always? It's because that is your God and he is near. It's maybe a few months ago where we had gotten the kids in bed, sat down at night, and all of a sudden, beep, a fire alarm went off. Smoke detector, battery must have gone out. And so there I am walking around the house, looking up at each one, standing there for like five minutes, it feels like, at each one till I finally find it, change it out. And then I don't know what possessed me to do so, but I decided I would test it out after putting in the new battery. I hit test just to see, and wouldn't you know it, all the smoke detectors in the entire house went up and all the babies in the entire house and everyone who is sleeping woke up with bright eyes wondering what in the world was going on. You know, clinicians and counselors and and psychologists will often compare anxiety to alarms going off. Anxiety isn't in and of itself a bad thing in the same way that alarms aren't a bad thing. Alarms let you know there's danger. It lets you know there's a threat. There's something that might harm you. That's what feelings of anxiousness do. They, they let us know that there may be something that harms us. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but when your smoke detector goes off, you, you assess why, right? Usually it's a piece of burnt toast or you left the pizza in the oven too long. But hardly any of us immediately, when we hear our fire alarm, run outside, find the nearest fire hydrant, kick it open, put a hose on and start spraying down in our entire house. Do any of you do that? (laughs) No, of course not. And yet how often do we do that in our spiritual lives? An alarm goes off and we panic, and we act as though we are the only one who are in control, who can put the fires out in our lives. We don't even assess why the alarm's going off. What God's word is encouraging you to do is make your God, the Lord of hosts, the commander of angel armies, the fiercest fighting force in the entire world, make that a part of your assessment. When alarms go off in your life, when anxiety is experienced, assess it and know that there is a God who stands over you and your loved ones, guarding your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And yes, if I can stretch the analogy a little bit further, there's going to be times where all the alarms go off and you need to call 911 and you need to get help. You need to get help from others. You need to get help from the professionals. But so often, so often we forget in our lives to assess the problem and know who is the one guarding our hearts and our souls. Who is the one who is near us in all things? <laughs> it's the Lord of hosts. And that's why Paul's able to end this way. He pings back from command to promise and command to promise to another command. And he says this, 
Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. No one likes being told what to do, right? <laughs> so why would we like being told what to think? And that's what God does here. He tells us exactly what you should think. Why does he do that? Well, your God knows. He knows that everything that comes into you, all of the content that you consume, it does have an effect on you. You might say, oh no, I'm tolerant to this or that. No, it does. Everything has an effect on you. So what are you consuming? What are you thinking about? God's word says, he asks, is it true? Is it noble? Does it deserve your respect? Is it right? Is it true? Is it according to the word of the Lord? Is it pure? Is it without moral defect? Ask yourself what you're looking at on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat. Is it without moral defect? If it isn't, ask yourself, how are you using these platforms? If it's not, if it's lifting you up, continue on. Ask yourself, is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it something that your mommy would approve of? Is it excellent? If it's praiseworthy, think about these things. But if it's not, what are you doing? What are you doing? You look at that list and you say, well, then what can we think about? What can we consume? What is there to do? But you know it. There is only one thing that is all of those things, and it is God and God himself. He is the one who is most certainly true. He is most certainly noble. He is most certainly right all of the time. He is pure. He is lovely. He is admirable. Everything about what he does is worthy of our admiration. He is excellent, and he is praiseworthy. And what he's telling you is, think about me. Think about things that are true, promises that are found in me and in me alone, the unshakable message of the gospel, that the Lord is is near, that the God of all peace, whose peace transcends understanding, is the God who's guarding your hearts and souls in Christ Jesus. And know, and know that the God of peace will be with you. That's a guarantee. Paul ends with one more command and, and one certain promise. He says, whatever you have learned or whatever you have received or heard from me or seen in me, put this into practice. Put it into practice and the God of peace, he will be with you. I'm not sure what your experiences are this week in the past or what's coming up in the future. I'm not sure what things are causing you to feel anxious or distressed, despair or feel as though you're in depression. But know this, <laughs> the Lord is near the God of peace, he is with you right now. And so as we close, I, I want to do this. I want to invite you to, to open up your digital worship guide if you have it with you. Or think about this. Think about taking these promises with you this week. Ask yourself as we close these questions regarding rejoicing always, what is it that causes you joy? 
What is it that you have been looking for that you've been seeking to get joy out of? Ask yourself, what lie is the devil telling yourself that's causing you to rob yourself from joy? The Lord is near. His word is near you. His gifts are next to you. All of the kind, they can't be taken from you and nothing in all this world, neither height nor depth, nor nothing in all creation can separate you from the love that is in him and in you because of him. Ask yourself, what's, what's causing you joy? Regarding anxiety, what's causing it? What's causing you to feel anxious? Lay it before the Lord. Take it to him in prayer. Pray about it right now. Pray about it today. Pray about it throughout this week. And no prayer isn't some magic bullet or special incantation that just does away with anxiety, but it's the one whom you pray to, the Lord of hosts who rules all things for your good. Regarding your thoughts, what are you thinking about? What will you stop thinking about? What are you thinking about? Well, God says, think about me. Think about my promises. Think about the fact that I'm nearer you. Think about the fact that I'm guarding your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And know this, the God of peace, no matter what, no matter what you feel like, no matter what you're going through, his peace is with you. I don't understand it. It transcends all understanding, but it guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.